You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 52. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for creatives who want to leverage their talents, their skills, or their passions to build thriving creative businesses. And would do this every single week through inspiring interviews with amazing entrepreneurs. And then I also do solo shows where I share bits of my journey, as well as actionable tips and strategies for you to try out for yourself. And before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by The Fear Guide. Silence your fear and take action. If the chorus of fear is regularly singing you out of your dreams, you need to grab this short read jam-packed with exercises that will help you silence those internal voices of fear long enough to take the next small step. And you can grab a copy, either physical or digital copies, at thefearguide.com. The digital copy is free to download, so definitely check it out. Thefearguide.com is where you'll find that. I also wanted to let you know that I am doing a community survey right now. I want your feedback. There's so many things that I want to create. There's so many topics that I want to discuss on the show, but I need to know what is most useful to you right now. So I'm doing that by doing this survey. You can find the survey at keepchasingthestars.com backslash survey. To thank you for taking your time and doing the survey, I am giving out a couple of Starbucks gift cards. So it's open internationally because I can email you the gift cards. So I have five $10 Starbucks gift cards up for grabs. So if you want to help me out and give me your feedback, let me know what you need, some thoughts about what I can do to help you along this creative journey. I would love to hear from you. Again, you can access the survey at keepchasingthestars.com backslash survey. I also have a link to it in the show notes. So open up your podcast app and click the link, please. And thank you. All right. Now that we got all of those housekeeping things out of the way, let's talk about today's episode because this is part three of our Fear Less series. So the last two episodes, we've been talking about fears and specifically I brought on guest experts to talk about things that I know members of my community want to do, but they're often too afraid to do. So we've already covered public speaking and speaking at conferences with my biz bestie, Amber Wright. Last week, we talked with my other biz bestie, Siobhan Sudbury about planning your first event. And I'm getting some really great feedback from you guys about these particular episodes. So today, I know that you guys are going to be so delighted with today's episode because we're talking about blogging. And blogging, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me they wanted to start a blog, but they haven't, I wouldn't need to do any of this. I wouldn't need to podcast. I really wouldn't need to run a website because I would have so much money because it's a thing that so many people want to do and they're just not doing it for whatever reason. So I have brought on an amazing guest expert today. Her name is Sarah Morgan and Sarah Morgan is an Emmy award-winning digital strategist who's been blogging and building websites since the age of 13. So this is over 20 years of blogging experience, you guys. So she's a legit expert. 
She has built a career around helping bloggers and other small business owners kick ass online. Through her online courses, her blog, and her books, Sarah strives to help her students and readers build an online presence that fuels their passion for what they do without overwhelm getting in the way. Sarah has this blogging thing dialed in. I mean, like really, really dialed in. She's been doing it for so long. And so she's the perfect person to continue on our Fearless series and talk about blogging because you guys, I need you to launch these blogs and stop sitting on them. So if you're ready, grab a pen, grab a notebook, and let's dig in. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have you because you are my third guest expert in this Fearless series, and it's been going really well. And I'm really excited about today's topic because it's something that a lot of people tell me they want to do. It's something that I am always trying to encourage people to do. And I'm hoping that this episode will like be the push that they need to get their blogs out there and onto the internet because I think there's still a lot of really great opportunities that come about with blogging and I want to talk about it. So I love blogging, so I'm excited to chat with you today. Yay. Well, before we get into all of that goodness, can you give us a little bit of your background? Tell us who you are, what you do. Yeah. So I, uh, I teach entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, bloggers, small business owners how to grow their online presence through blogging, social media, their email lists in a way that's not overwhelming. I think we hear about like 5,000 different strategies. We read blogs and books and then our to-do list is endless and uh, it becomes really overwhelming and sometimes paralyzing. So my job is to make that a little bit easier on everybody so they can actually get their businesses going or get their blogs going. Yay. And so that is going to be what we talk about today because people, so many of you have really great stories and really great messages. And I think that there's somebody who can benefit from them but they can't benefit if those things live in your head. So you have to get yes. them out into a blog and share them. So I want to know from your perspective, since this is something that you teach and you work with different people about, what are some of the reasons why people say they haven't started their blogs? Like what are some of the fears you hear people tell you? I think it's a couple of things. One, you are looking at all of these blogs online that are really well-designed and um, they're updated constantly and they have a big social media presence or they're doing video. And so it's not just like a nice little personal blog anymore. It looks really complicated and really difficult, especially for people that don't have any sort of design background. And also it's kind of scary to put your words and your opinions or your experiences online for total strangers to read. You never know who's going to show up to your blog and how they're going to respond. So I think those two things combined really paralyze people. And I, I would agree with that, um, particularly being overwhelmed by all of the blogs that people are seeing. Like you have to realize, and we're going to talk about this in just a moment, that some of these bloggers have been blogging for years, like long time. I've been blogging since 2008. So this is 2019. So that's 11 years. I've had some type of blog and I know Sarah has been blogging even longer, which feels crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even feel like the blogging industry is that old. But tell us about your first blog. But first of all, tell us how long you've been blogging. I've been blogging for over 20 years. So I was a teenager when I started. It was like probably just around the time that we got high speed internet. So that's how <laughs> old I am. It was right after the AOL showed up on the CD. 
Um, and my mom stopped yelling at me to like, get off the internet. I'm waiting for your grandma to call. So once we got a DSL line or whatever that thing was, I started blogging. I was using Live Journal and Zanga, Diaryland, Blogspot, and uh, writing about personal stuff. I did that up until, I want to say like 2008, I just transitioned into blogging for my business and actually like getting serious and stop writing about personal weird stuff on the internet. <laughs> I love that. And so now at this point, you're running ExoSara. So, and that's going really well. You're teaching people mm-hmm. how to blog. You're creating your own products. So that brings me to the question that I, I feel like I always have to ask for people who are mainly bloggers. Do you feel like blogging is dead at this point? No, blogging will never be dead. I think it's actually... It started with personal blogging and then we went into like crazy business blogging, blogging for money. And now I think we're getting a little bit of a mix now. People are doing some more personal stuff and they're blogging for their businesses. And so I don't think it's dying. I think um, it does need to still be paired with social media. You can't just do an Instagram account and build your business that way. And so um, I actually have a free blogging course for people that want to start a blog called Dare to Blog. And I get people signing up for that every single day. So blogging is not dying. <laughs> and what are some some trends that you're noticing? Because I know for me personally, like I, like I said, I started blogging initially in 2008. At this point, I function more as a podcaster, but I still, you know, have a blog. I do show notes and the whole nine every week. So there is a post that goes live. But I noticed that, like you said, there was this huge push for like blogging for money there was like the rise of the the influencer and the lifestyle blog. And then there was like the micro influencer. And now I think I personally am seeing like a mix of things. So people who are trying to build not only personal brands and kind of go the route of the influencer, but more and more people are wanting to create their own products and not even just like courses and digital things. Like I'm talking about partnering with Target and Joann's and like different companies to actually create branded goods based on their designs or their aesthetics. What are some of the things that you're seeing? Yeah, I think a lot of people are, it's kind of cool to watch people that are starting with services or courses, and then they do end up with those large partnerships. One of the, um, I follow a stylist who was doing like tutorials and, um, a lot of Instagram content, and now she has a whole line with Target. So it's very interesting to see how uh, like big media and big companies are kind of diving into this weird underground thing that was underground for so long, and and becoming a part of the like content creation culture. I actually think it's really neat, like you said, and I think it's it's also really encouraging. One of my goals is to write a book and like the number of people who I know who are bloggers or podcasters who I've followed for years who have like put out books in the last year or are planning to release books soon is like incredible. I feel like there's like, I'm like, okay, so this is totally doable. And I'm not, not even just like self-published books, like publishers picking them up and like doing the whole press tour type deal. And I feel like a few years ago, that was not, it was kind of unheard of and really seemed like an unreachable type thing. Like if you wanted to write a book that was more like a personal memoir type thing, you had to be a celebrity or have like some type of insight. And that's not necessarily the case any longer. Yeah, I follow Busy Phillips online who is a celebrity and she used Instagram and content creation 
to get a book deal and a TV deal that I don't think she would have gotten without using Instagram stories to build an audience. And she was creating content, even though she probably was not thinking about it that way. And now she's an influencer. She has this TV show. She published uh, like a memoir. And I think that the door is opening for just people with interesting stories getting picked up by publishers and getting like all these kind, all kinds of interesting deals and opportunities out of the content they're creating. Do you have any really cool opportunities that have come about because of blogging or your current blog? I haven't had anything crazy show up, but I have ended up with speaking opportunities like going to conferences, which is something that I would not have necessarily sought out myself. But when those people showed up and asked me, I was like, I could do this. I, I could, I could be okay speaking at a conference. So I think it's been like opportunities, but also kind of like expanding what I thought I would or I could do. Ooh, and that I, I don't think I've like you. I haven't had any super crazy opportunities come about, but definitely speaking things, speaking related things, and that always trips me out when a random opportunity will show up in my inbox. I'm like, where did you hear about me? <laughs> And they're like, oh, also, we're young. Our, our TV shows are, are coming someday. <laughs> I know, right? The book deals and the TV shows there, you know, if we're getting, if we're getting these, these opportunities already, you know, we stick out maybe another few years and the bigger things will come. But I, I think, you know, <laughs> the other thing is like it's increasingly large opportunities because I can think about the very first time somebody invited me to speak to something and it was smaller and every year like they become bigger venues or even cooler venues. Uh, I spoke at a feminist summer camp for grown ass women in August of last year. And it was like at actual camp where we slept in bunks and there was like, (laughs) it was, it was an amazing time, like a daily pool party. And we ate in the mess hall and there were s'mores. I mean, like an actual legit summer camp. And I thought (laughs) it was like the coolest opportunity ever. So uh, I definitely think that there, there's a lot that can be done with the blog. So if I haven't convinced you, and if Sarah hasn't convinced you yet to get started on that blog, I need you guys to get started because there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, besides just like speaking things, have you had any really cool collaborations or things of that nature that have come about because of blogging? I'm a total uh, like solopreneur hermit, so I like to stay in my little bubble all by myself. <laughs> I'm a terrible collaborator. <laughs> oh. I don't think that, uh, but I totally get that because I think that's one of the nature of being blogging. It's like, it's perfect for introverts. Um, oh, yeah. That's something that I've talked a lot about with my friends. Me, I am a total extrovert, um, but I, I need downtime and quiet time. So even when I'm out, like at big events, when I'm talking to people, there's also like a point where I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. I got to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um. I think that this is like a career path that's very, very introvert friendly because you can, if you're comfortable working alone and kind of creating in a silo, you can totally do that. And it's not infringing on anybody and it's not weird. And I think, honestly, I think the whole creative online business as a whole is super introvert friendly. Like a lot of people that I know who I'm friends with that I've met at some point, a lot of them are introverts, but they do really, really well online and on Instagram and Instagram stories because it's non-threatening, I guess, I'm assuming. And it's like, you can show up how you want to and 
like go away when you want to. And it's not as taxing as having to meet people face to face. Yeah, totally. It gives you like a level of control. Like I did a podcast on Tuesday, I'm doing this podcast. And then the rest of the week, I'm on my couch, blogging, writing emails and updating some course lessons. Uh, But yeah, I thrive in that environment where I'm just like in my quiet little apartment by myself. And I think you're right, a lot of online entrepreneurs are uh, drawn to that. And I always hear about like building a team and going to conferences and traveling and masterminds. And I'm like, I don't really want to do any of that. So it's nice that you have like the freedom to to build your blog or your business however you want. And if you want all of that extroverted stuff, you can totally do that. But if you don't, you can be like me and just stay in your little bubble all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stay in your bubble, but we didn't talk about this. How did you leave your first job? What did you do after you quit your oh, first yeah. job? Yeah, so I was, at a, I was working at a news station in Detroit. And my introvert self was like, in the middle of the newsroom and there's like cameras and TVs and noise and people running and swearing all day. And I'm like, this is not for me. So I used my blog to build a freelance web design business. I was a web designer at the TV station. And it took me about nine months of really serious 24 seven hustling um, to build up enough clients where I was able to leave my job. And I took a huge pay cut, but I got to sit on my couch all day and work on the stuff I wanted to work on. So it was totally worth it. Oh, but you're missing the best part of the story. You also ran away with the circus. I've been following oh, your yeah, blog the for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. I did. I, I was teaching and training in aerial silks and trapeze. Um, not flying trapeze, static trapeze. Uh, yeah, so I was performing a lot and teaching a lot. So I really didn't have time to be at a nine to five at all. I just, it's been nine years. I just stopped teaching Ariel because I need a break. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even realize that you stopped. I still see pictures all the time of you and your like really cool positions on Instagram. So I didn't realize. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. (laughs) I think that's, that's neat though. But again, this is one of those career paths. um, Like I said, that is really introvert friendly and you really can make it what you want. Um, I know you've been talking a lot about that lately on Instagram, even on your blog about, creating the blog the way that you want and not needing a team and all of those things. And I totally get it. Um, That's something that I wrestle with personally a lot is like, do I want to build a big team? Do I want to have an office space? Or do I like creating in a silo and having like a few digital people help me out? Because I'm a one woman show as you are. But I do (laughs) have like a podcast editor because I just over editing the podcast. I don't want to do that anymore. So hi, Erin. Um, she takes <laughs> care of that now. And then I have an assistant that helps with like maintenance and booking guests and things like that. But for the most part, it's just me. <laughs> and um, that works really well. And like you said, like it works well for you. Some people want bigger, bigger teams and things of that nature, which kind of brings me to the question of like, do you find it hard? Because I think that's another thing that people kind of assume about blogging is like, it's going to be hard to do all of these things. It's going to be hard to manage. Like, is it hard doing all of these things by yourself? Uh, It can be if you are doing all of the things, but I really teach my students to pare it down so that they're doing the things that they enjoy, a couple things that are necessary and creating content in a way that it fits into their schedule and into their life. I did want to say, I like sitting on my couch all day writing 1400 word blog posts, 
But I know not everybody likes that. I know some of your blog posts are podcast episodes with like a little short uh, synopsis. Maybe you have someone translate your or um, transcribe your podcast episodes and then you get a huge blog post to go along with that, but you don't have to do all the work. Or maybe you're creating videos or creating some sort of graphics or artwork. It doesn't have to be writing huge blog posts. If that's your thing, go for it. But having a website a website that's updated on a regular basis is really important. Blogging is a really good way to do that. So whatever kind of content people are able to create on a regular basis is what they should be doing. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Okay, another thing that I think I run into when I'm talking to people about starting blogs is the cost. So does it have to be expensive? And what are some low cost or maybe even free ways that people can just jump in to blogging? Yeah, there is a ton of free blogging platforms that you can use to get started, to get your momentum and figure everything out. WordPress.com. Um, I think Blogspot is still around. Blogger. Wix. Weebly. I believe either one or both of those are free. Just start creating content in some way on a platform that you own. So a lot of people start on Instagram. However, Instagram is in control of your account and they can delete it or block it or whatever anytime they want. So you really want to have like a website away from social media and you, you can totally create a free account on any of those platforms and start a legit blog that way. So what about, because um, you mentioned some of these free ones and you mentioned having something that you own. So somebody who's starting out, they have like a really small budget. What do you think... Like, where should they be investing in? Like, I always tell people, purchase a domain name. Purchase it as soon as you've mm -hmm. settled on one because you don't want to create a blog on a free thing and then realize you can't even get the domain name that you want. But what are some, like, initial investments you think people should go ahead and spend the money on up front? Yeah, domain name, definitely. If you don't know what domain name to buy, buy some form of your own name. Mine is just Exocera because I was like, I am not going to be able to settle on a business name. So we're just going with my name and make it easy. So some form of your own name.com totally works. And then you've got it. Um, and you can adjust what your business or your niche is underneath that. Um, if you have a little cash, I would do a Squarespace site. You're going to get a really, really nice template, a really well-functioning website. You're not going to have to worry about back-end tech stuff. Um, I think you can buy a domain name through Squarespace, and it, I think right now it's like 16 bucks a month. So that's a really great spot to invest. And then, I don't know, have someone take a nice photo of you. That's free. Everybody has a, a decent camera on their phone. Get a good photo, and then really put time into your content. I think people build like businesses or all this stuff around it, social media, and then they wonder why people aren't showing up, and that's because your content is shitty or non-existent <laughs> so just get the basics down and then work on you know your niche and your content and figuring out who you're talking to oh you just said the word that came to my mind when you were saying about building content so niche okay yeah. so how do you since you're you're my blogging expert you're the teacher <laughs> how settled on a niche does somebody need to be when they're starting a blog I would say quite. <laughs> um, you should have a good idea of your expertise, who you're talking to, 
you can think of a specific person, a friend, a family member, maybe it's you from a couple of years ago, and the problem that you're helping them solve. I have wiggled around in my niche over the past couple of years to, to really hone in on a specific person. Um, and it's a good idea to have a fairly solid niche, but then you are gonna talk to your audience, people are gonna show up and ask questions, and you're gonna learn a little bit more specifically who you should be talking to and what problems they actually need help with. So get like like 80% of the way there and then create content and learn from your audience and then you can make some adjustments. All right, so this is like from our blogging experts. So that's, if you're wondering <laughs> like what you need to be blogging about, you need to have some idea, but you don't have to have it all figured out to get started. You can just start somewhere. And you know, a big thing that I tell people is like pick something and then change it on the fly. If you realize like you don't really like that, just change it. <laughs> it's completely fine. Absolutely. People yeah. have changed and rebranded. I've seen some people do it like every single year. I've definitely changed and rebranded things over the years. And it's fine. Some parts of your audience will stay. Other parts of your audience will leave. But you don't even want to be talking to people who don't want to be consuming your content anyway. So those people who leave, that's actually a benefit. It's not a negative thing they're not the right audience for you. You just talk to somebody else, people who want to hear Absolutely. what you're talking about. Yeah, and if you are feeling like not excited about your niche anymore, yeah, you should change it because you don't want to sit there and force yourself to write blog posts about something that you're not passionate about anymore. People t can totally tell. So yeah, I agree. You can change. It's okay. It's the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it is the internet. Exactly. And things change every day, all the time. This is kind of, well, you're a designer as well. So this is, I feel like another thing, like, as you're talking, like all these things keep coming to my mind of people, what they have said to me, like over the last couple of months about why they haven't started a blog. Logos. Do they need to have logos and a fully branded website to start? Nope. I don't even really have a logo. Mine just <laughs> says my name at the top in the font that matches the rest of my site. I had a logo, I don't know, a while ago. But yeah, you don't need a logo. I think all of these little things are excuses. You have to like dig into your content and your niche and talk to your audience, and that is what is going to fill out everything else. And then if you wanna pay for a logo, go for it. I would say pay for a headshot before you pay for a logo. I agree. <laughs> um, I don't even, on my site, on Keep Chasing the Stars, I don't have a logo. I just found a really, I'm really into like those handwritten script fonts. And I found one that looked nice and clean and that's it. Um, yep. I don't even Make care about having a logo at this point. That's I tell this to people yeah. all the time. Like, If you feel so passionate that you have to have more than just the text that comes on the template that you purchased, then find a, a font that you feel like, uh, brings across the mood or the type of people you want to take like that fits your style your aesthetic something nice and clean or if you're a little bit grungy and you know lax and maybe a nice like handwritten graffiti-ish type font like marker font but find something that fits like your style the people who you want to attract and just type your name out in that font it's as easy as that like it doesn't have to be that complicated and there's a lot yeah. of free fonts that you can find online just make sure that they're they're good for commercial use you need to read that in the licensing but as long as it is go for it don't even don't stress yourself worrying about a logo because a lot of times your readers they don't even care they don't know that you don't have a logo and they don't care that you don't have a logo that's not what's going to help them anyway 
And that's kind of the purpose of your blog is to try to help and benefit someone else. I want to talk a little bit about leveraging your blog as a sales tool, because at some point you're going to want your blog to be able to generate some type of income. And if you're putting in all this work to create great content, you're nailing your niche, you're going to want to sell something. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah. So your blog should be the what and the why and your product or your service should be your how. You can put a little bit of how in, like a little tip here and there, but you really want to be kind of like pushing your readers in the direction of taking action continuously. So I always mention my products. I might have a freebie in my blog post to get people onto my email list. I'm always kind of like herding them in the direction of getting onto my email list, taking a course, buying an ebook and jumping into that product funnel. And what are some um, products that you've actually developed because of your audience needs? So I have my most popular blog post is about productivity. So I actually have a course on systems, processes, how to make like the daily workflow easier. And then I just launched an ebook that's like even easier, just quick tips on things that you can do during the day to make yourself stay more focused and actually get through your to-do list. Because what I was hearing a lot from my audience was I make a plan, but then I don't do the plan. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about like, this is how I plan to be able to get through my task list every day. And then here are the things I'm doing during the day so that I stay on point and can end at at a decent time. If I had a dollar um, so yeah. every time somebody said, <laughs> like, I planned it really well, but I didn't do yeah. the plan. And I'm yeah. just like, I mean, that, now that's, you did all the hard work. Now you just got to follow through. But that follow through, yeah. man, it kills people. <laughs> it's really hard. I mean, I came from a corporate world where my boss was, you know, giving me tasks and I was checking them off because I liked my paycheck. And when you're a solopreneur, there's nobody that's going to show up and tell you to do anything. So yeah, that's definitely a skill that you develop once you are self-employed. Yes, and that's this is like a little tangent, but that's something I tell people all the time about like productivity. I'm like, more than anything, you need to learn self-management. And that mm-hmm. is a much harder thing to figure out than productivity. And some of it just has, it is like, you're just wired that way. And then some of it you have to learn. But I think the biggest thing is like letting go of certain expectations because I had a conversation with my biz bestie a few weeks ago about um, her work schedule. She was like, you know, I'm just not being productive on certain days of the week. And I was like, yeah, because those are the days that you homeschool your kids. So why are you even planning to work on that day? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> like you shouldn't yeah. even plan to do anything that day because those days don't work for you. And she was like, I knew this, but hearing you say it like that just made so much sense. And she was like planning it to fit, uh, planning my work schedule to fit my life. She was like, that just really resonated. And I was like, duh, that's a part of self-management. You have to plan around the life that you have currently, not the life that you wish you have and the time that you wish you had. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. And I think part of it is seeing everybody else on social media posting what they're doing every day. You're seeing all of this like, you know, I, I follow like 100, 200 people. So it's like 200 people mushed together and it looks like every single person is working all day long and they're super focused and getting everything done. And that is not the truth at all. Some days 
I'm just like, I cannot be creative. My brain is not working. I'm going to watch TV or read a book. And you know what? Yesterday, I was super productive and blasted through two blog posts and wrote a whole new freebie guide. So I really make sure that on the days that I'm focused, I'm getting a lot done. And I allow myself a little bit of leniency, a handful of days during the month when it's just not happening. Those are the days I do the boring things like bookkeeping. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yesterday, I have this email series that's going to start soon. That's 28 emails. And I, I already had all the content. It just needed to be edited and put into a document so my assistant could like load it up in the queue. And I did not want to do it because it was just boring, boring, boring. Work. Yeah. It was like mind numbing. Oh, yeah. After boring. you spend, <laughs> after you spend all that time writing all those emails, ah, it's the worst. I have to go back and reread them. to read them and edit them, make sure they're formatted properly. It was just, uh, it took me yeah. like two days to just get through all of them. But then I got them done yesterday. I sent them over and I was like, here it is. It's done. Like, just put it where it's supposed to be. And I felt so excited to close that tab. And I was like, I'm going to give myself 30 (laughs) minutes to do nothing. And I did nothing for the rest of that day. I just like, I felt so good that I had gotten that off. I was like, that was the main task to get done this week. And it's done. And that was it. Like, that was all I could manage yesterday. (laughs) And it's it's fine. That's awesome. (laughs) I did that too with my ebook. It's like, I don't know, we're going to end up with 6,000 words, something like that. And after writing it and rereading and rereading that final edit I was putting off for so long because I did not want to read my book again. (laughs) (laughs) These, I mean, it's real. And that's, that's one of the things about creating an asylum and being a solopreneur. Like you have to do all of those things and, and get it to work as far as, um, marketing goes. So how, how at this point, because you've been doing this for 20 years, how are you currently marketing and promoting your blog? on Instagram. So I publish, for most blog posts, I publish a story or two pointing people into the link in my bio. And then I also post um, something in my grid. Sometimes it's a photo of me. Sometimes it's a quote graphic. And sometimes it's the blog post title. But I've been kind of leaning towards quote graphics lately. Um, And then I add a little extra story in Instagram instead of just saying, I made a new post. This is what it's about. This is what you'll learn. I try and develop a, another story or another tip um, and add that into the caption. So they get like a little piece of content and it kind of like piece their curiosity to go over to the blog and read the whole post. And then I use Pinterest. Pinterest is my favorite. I was going to say the love of my life, but I think my boyfriend (laughs) and my dog would not appreciate that. But I really love Pinterest. Uh, So I use Tailwind to pin all of my content into a queue. Takes me like 10 minutes a week. And then Tailwind pins all of my pins all day long. And that for the past four, three, four years has been my number one traffic referrer. More than Twitter, Facebook, all the other social media combined. Pinterest is the best source of traffic. <laughs> That's like a whole other podcast. <laughs> it, it Oh, yes. I could go. I, I feel the same. So since you brought up Pinterest, I think something, and you can tell me um, your thoughts on this because, again, you're our blogging expert. We already agreed people don't necessarily need a logo to start. But what about solid, like a solid style or imaging, like imagery for their blog to begin with? Because... I noticed like sometimes 
people will blog and they won't include images on their blog. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like you need an image for Pinterest. So do you feel like that's something that they need to figure out early on in the game or no? Yes. If you want some traffic, Pinterest is a really good way to get it. Um, yeah, but I think pick a couple brand colors. That's a really easy way to go. Pick a couple brand colors, pick like two fonts and make a clean, tall, easy to read graphic. Go on Pinterest, look at the graphics that are showing up at the top and make something similar. Um, yeah, if you pick a couple fonts and a couple colors, you have a brand. You know, throw throw some of your own like, you know, images in there or images that kind of look the way that you dress or the way that your house looks. If you come into my house, there's a lot of orange, green, and pink all over the place. My boyfriend probably does not appreciate that, but we have a well-branded house. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't have to be like complicated. You don't have to hire a web designer, hire a, a branding expert. You can totally DIY this yourself from the start. Canva, canva.com. There's plenty of yes. nice templates in there and it's free. You can You can totally utilize Canva. If you're feeling like you want to throw a couple dollars at it, um, I've seen really nice templates on Creative Market, creativemarket.com. I've seen nice Canva templates and you can just get them there. Something easy. And I, oh, the one thing though that I will say to warn you is please make sure whatever background images you use are licensed, like you have permission to use them. Don't just Google search any images and put them in there. That is illegal. You can get into a lot of trouble, but um, look up websites like there's unsplash.com, kaboompix.com. Is Pexels one of them? Is Pexels free? That sounds familiar, yeah. I think Pexels, there's, I'll try to come up with a few more and put them in the show notes because that's really, really important. Do not just use any images you find online. Make sure they're images that can be used, you have the license for it and they can be used commercially so that way you don't have to get in trouble with the photography gods because that's a big deal and a lot of bloggers <laughs> got in trouble for that a couple years ago <laughs> one thing you can do which if you look at my images the background is like office supplies and I just am an office supply hoarder I went and bought a piece of white foam core threw them all on there in different arrangements and took photos with my iPhone and I've been using those I think I did those in like 2017 they're old and I just keep using them so if you want to have your own branded stuff make it easy Take some photos with your iPhone. <laughs> yes. So, yes, that's a, a totally awesome tip. Um, and your iPhone and, like, iPhone editing tools. You guys would be surprised at, like, what you can do with good iPhone um, apps that edit pictures, like brightening, contrast, like, the mm -hmm. whole nine. You can do some really, really cool stuff. So that's uh, actually a really stellar tip. All right. Well, at this point, we're kind of getting towards the end, and we're going to wrap this up in just a minute. But... I would love to know um, what are three things that someone can put into action like right now in the next 24 hours if they wanted to start a blog. Go to exocera.com slash dare to blog. You can go through my course. It's free. And we'll walk you through all of the steps, especially if you're going to do WordPress or Squarespace. There's tutorials in there. Or just go to wordpress.com or squarespace.com because it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm sure your listeners are smart cookies and they can just walk through the steps to set up a blog. Um, second, think about who you're going to help and what you're helping them do and then start creating content. Think about like the top 
10 issues people have related to that topic or um, your personal story and write, you know, five posts and put them online. I think the faster you kind of go through this stuff, people get stuck on every step and then it takes them six months to launch a blog. And I would challenge you to do this in a week. Like you can set up your blog in an hour, set it up, get it done, start writing. You can totally do it. Oh, I feel that challenge. (laughs) I feel it. Get your blog launched in a week. I don't know. We might have to like revisit this because uh, (laughs) I think uh, you're completely right. I think that that's totally doable. Um, And the biggest thing is like, just hit publish, hit publish. Mm -hmm. I told this story a few weeks ago about my sister who just started a blog and she's been talking about this blog for over a year. And every time she says it, I'm just like, are you going to do the blog? she's like, yeah. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) So she finally wrote a blog post and she wanted me to validate every single step. She like, she wrote the post and she sent it to me. She's like, will you read it? And then she wanted my feedback and she wanted to know where she could change it or what she could make perfect. And I just got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to validate every step for you. You have to publish it. You cannot be perfect doing something for the first time. Like nobody expects you to play tennis for the first time and be at Serena Williams level. Nobody has that expectation for you. So you, there's just some things that you learn by doing. And this is one of those things. The faster you publish, the more comfortable you'll be hitting publish, the better that you'll, you'll create content, the faster that you'll write, the better you'll feel about this whole process. But trying to start at the level of like a Pat Flynn or whoever else is like, doing really well with blogging right now, it's not realistic. So rest in this idea of being a beginner because there's a lot of benefits to being a beginner. Nobody expects it to be perfect. We just want you to put it out there. So you have seven days. You got seven (laughs) days. Like Sarah said, seven days. She gave you You a free blogging course. So there's seven days. I'm expecting to like see Instagram tags and like posts and tweets and comments about these blogs, like like links to blogs that you guys have written because Sarah said you can do it in seven days. And I think you can do it in seven days. So there's You totally that. can. I've looked at so many blogs. I used to do this thing called Fix It Friday and people would leave a comment and then I would go to their blog and give them a tip. And I have never once, I did this once a month for years, I've never gone to a blog and been like, whoa, you need to take this down. This whole thing is terrible. Never. Everybody's blog, whether they were just starting or had been doing it for years, had little things that they could adjust and were super valuable. And, you know, your audience is going to appreciate that you are putting in the effort, that you're showing up and that you're a human and, you know, everybody's learning something. So, it's not perfect like I sent out an email the other day that had a typo a big typo in like the second paragraph I survived you will too (laughs) (laughs) I love it well thank you so much for coming on and being our expert if people wanted to get in touch with you where can they find you online you can find me at xosarah.com and on social media at xosarahmorgan all right you guys well as I said we're expecting to see some tags. So if you 
decide yes, that you are going to start a blog if you have uh, signed up for Sarah's course. Definitely tag her in your stories. Like she said, it's at XO Sarah Morgan. You can tag me at Star Chasers Only. We'd love to see your what you've put out there. I would love to read some of your blog posts. So if you have them, especially if they're about food related things, sign me up. <laughs> um, but I, I really hope that this was useful to you guys and that you'll go out there and start these blogs. And until next week, go out there and pimp your brilliance. Uh-huh.